Hello and welcome back to Podcasts from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. I know that up until now, I've normally had a guest with me on the podcast when I've been unable to secure someone or they've suddenly made themselves unavailable. I've simply not filled the slot. This week is different. It's kind of podcast from the ledge on which I'm out. Um, my hopeful guest is sadly not available, so I'm going to talk to you myself. I'm writing this or recording this on Monday. The mining in Daba, probably the only really genuine investment gathering we have left in South Africa, is underway. Minerals and Energy Minister Gwede Mantashe opened in Daba in Cape Town earlier this morning with a short speech that basically conceded defeat. He was unable to mention the Russian invasion of Ukraine for obviously ideological reasons. He, he supports it. Um, and then ran through a litany of um, production and energy statistics that all pointed downwards. He did mention that Goldfields had uh, managed to raise production using its own embedded electricity, for which he claimed credit for allowing the company to generate in the first place. The guy who had to brush aside Montage's opposition to allowing private companies to produce their own electricity, President Cyril Ramaphosa, was meanwhile held up somewhere either conducting his cabinet reshuffle or not. Literally no one knows, and he could do it while I'm making this podcast. Well, you might do it next month. Ramaphosa's approach to changing his cabinet borders on the quivering. Reports said on Sunday he was under pressure to keep Nkosazana Jlamini Zuma on his team despite her blatant disregard for him personally. Worse, said the newspaper, echoed in its sister publication City Press. The ANC National Executive Committee wants her to run the state of disaster. They wanted Ramaphosa to declare on electricity. Uh, because of her so-called experience with COVID. You have to ask yourself where these people live. We're not part of this debate. Literally, the only reason for declaring load shedding a state of disaster would be to relax procurement rules. All in the good cause, no doubt, of speeding up the repair of ESCOM plant, just as it was there to speed up the procurement of protective gear for medics during, during COVID. We know how much was stolen just for rubber gloves and masks. Imagine the numbers available when you're risking 10,000 megawatts of electrical generating power. There's another factor weighing on Ramaphosa. He's heading into a general election next year that he will in all probability lose. His effort will be to limit the loss. Recent polls have the ANC below 40%, a truly horrendous prospect for the president. Declaring a state of disaster for electricity now gives him sort of control of an emergency, even if it is entirely of his own making, and a platform from which to chess beat to the nation on national television for the next 15 months. Ramaphosa has managed more than a month and a half of his old and ineffective cabinet, including two ministers, Planini Zuma and uh, Lindiwe Sisulu, who challenged him for the ANC leadership in December, and now Mantasha, who's challenged him to implement the electoral conference resolution to transfer control of ESCOM to minerals and energy, where he rules the roost, from public enterprises, where Pravin Gordon is the minister. What does Ramaphosa do? He can relatively easily fire Tlameni Zuma, although she remains on the NEC, which uh, if you're the president of South Africa or the ANC, you keep your NEC, NEC members sweet. He can, but he can fire her and he can fire Sisulu. Or perhaps find some well-funded sinecure for both, just as he did for former intelligence minister Ayanda Dlodlo, who he farmed out 
to a sort of semi-job at the World Bank. In fact, she is not employed by the World Bank at all, but by the South African government. It's harder to find Mantasha. He's also ANC chairman. Rumor is Ramaphosa is going to leave him at energy, which would seem to me to be wildly dangerous. Rather, he should split, as I suggested already and others have. Uh, he should split energy and mining and give energy to somebody sensible. This week, Ramaphosa has two opportunities to reshuffle. The first is the induction of new ANC deputy president, Paul Mashatila, and the second is the state of the nation speech on Thursday. Does either trigger time for a reshuffle? There are actual ministries without ministers. Transport is just one. Perhaps it's not important. If he gets past the SONA without making a decision, when does he do it? Before the budget, towards the end of the month? None of it is comfortable. He'll be judged by his party, and if he pleases them, the markets will hurt him. That's the price of leadership, and Ramaphosa really would rather not pay, if at all. But trust me, if Montasha holds on to energy, and if there's the slightest hint of control passing to the Department of Energy, the new ESCOM board, newly installed, still bright and shiny, will immediately begin to fray the edges. People will leave, and it is going to be at least five or six months before they find a suitable replacement for Andre de Reiter as CEO if the last search was anything to go by. Adverts for the job only went up on Sunday. What's at risk, though, isn't Ramaphosa. What's important isn't Ramaphosa. It's investment. He's already lost Daniel Manele, the former Deputy Reserve Bank Governor and APSA CEO, who Ramaphosa hired to secure international financing for the climate change initiative South Africa signed up for. Remember the $8.5 billion we got uh, from international partners at Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt late last year. That was Manele's work. You don't get South Africans much better suited to international finance than Manele, and Ramaphosa managed to hire him and lose him in a year. I suggest Manele, in this case, is probably almost irreplaceable. I can only guess that this fastidious man could not bear the chaos of the presidency and the often poor intellectual quality of the people the president has surrounded himself with, particularly as he tries to kickstart an infrastructure program, fix the railways, fix the ports, fix all sources of energy and find new ones. It's all about finance, and I was thinking of what investors must be thinking now, after the new ESCOM board, bright and shiny as I said, announced a two-year turnaround plan for the company. You might remember that just two Sundays ago. Designed to raise its energy availability factor, ESCOMs that is, from around 58% to 70% in two years. That's 50-60% by the end of March, 65 by the end of the year, 70% by the end of 24. Having looked at it, the political masters have said, thank you very much, but we've had a look at your plan and it isn't good enough. We want load shedding done by the end of this year, in time for elections. I watched former Altron CEO Mteto Nyati respond to that the other day. We have a two-year plan, he said firmly. What he didn't say was, oh, there's no plan. But he'll find out soon what Manele and hundreds of other business leaders already have. When you step into the state's bubble, as he and the other new ESCOM board members have, you're stepping into the ANC bubble at the same time. They're the same thing, and it's total anarchy in there. Ramaphosa himself disappeared down that same hole years ago. I tentatively have Nyati down as the first board member to pack it in. 
No one even half as capable as him needs what Ramaphosa, Mantashe, and Gordon at public enterprises have to throw at them in the next month and weeks. So the pressure's on. Reshuffle or not. As I said, reports on Sunday carried details of what it called a highly authoritative poll with the narrowest possible margin of error, showing the ANC polling at 37%, 37% nationwide last week, with the DA at 27%, the EFF at 10 the IFP at 6 Action SA 4 and the Freedom Front Plus at 2 Um Sadly, the newspaper didn't tell us who conducted the poll, which is pretty naughty. Uh, no commercial pollster would object to their work being publicized if the client agreed. So I'm forced to assume these numbers come from the DA, which does arguably the most regular and accurate polling in the country. But that's reason enough to slightly discount the numbers, sadly. Not completely, but a bit. They still show the DA, the IFP, Action is and the FA Plus going deep into the 30s, in a 2024 election, if it were held now. Uh, the ANC, unfortunately, is rescued by the EFF, or potentially, if they can stand each other. Or the ANC and the DA form a grand coalition, which quite a few people in the DA would approve of, and in the ANC, however ill-suited they may be to each other. What the numbers do confirm, though, is that the ANC is in terminal decline, and that whatever Ramaphosa has to say at the State of the Nation... Or whenever he does his reshuffle, history has already judged him and his party and found him wanting. And that's me done. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in one guise or another next week. <laughs>